Welcome to the Novel Universe with Ashley and Dawn, book club buddies who love to read YA fiction. We'll discuss the good, the bad, the ugly, and oh my gosh, we need to talk about this right now. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. So grab something sweet or salty and join our universe. Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn, and it is still July, and it is still Romance Month, largely because there's no new books coming out in the summer, so we had to do something, so (laughs) we called July Romance Month, and we've been reading some erotica, and this time we're going to read just straight romance, and so we read The Bromance Book Club by Lisa K. Adams. And like always, we'll do our spoiler-free edition, and then I will let you know when we go into the spoiler edition, and so you don't have to worry about spoilers or anything. All right, you ready, Ashley? I am ready. Okay, so the first rule of book club, you don't talk about book club. National Legends, (laughs) second baseman Gavin Scott's marriage is in major league trouble. He's recently discovered a humiliating secret. His wife, Thea, has always faked the big O. When he loses his cool at the revelation, it's the final straw on their already strained relationship. Thea asks for a divorce, and Gavin realizes he's let his pride and fear get the better of him. Welcome to the Bromance Book Club. Distraught and desperate, Gavin finds help from an unlikely source, a secret romance book club made up of Nashville's top alpha men. With the help of their current read, a seamy Regency titled Courting the Countess, the guys coach Gavin on saving his marriage, but it'll take a lot more than flowery words and grand gestures for this hapless Romeo to find his inner hero and win back the trust of his wife. Okay. <laughs> I never read I never read summaries, so when you read them the first time on the podcast, I'm like, oh man. You always roll I'm your like rolling my eyes. I know. <laughs> You're like, oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> Which is the exact opposite of me because I always like read them before I read the book. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> never do. And like I feel like anytime I read it, you're always like, Oh crap, here we go again. <laughs> I think it just yeah. reminds you of all the things that you had wrong with what you were reading. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, all right. What'd you rate it? So, I gave it a four. <gasps> I know you're shocked. As I'm reading it and I'm liking it, I'm like, Ashley is going to be shocked that oh. I actually like this book. <laughs> what? Did I pick a good one? I think you picked a good book. <laughs> Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm so happy about this. <laughs> I know. Oh. I I was shocked too. Believe me, I was shocked. I was like, I was telling my husband, Don is going to tear this book apart. Just you wait, because I was telling him the whole synopsis and as to like what was happening in the book and all the things and he was like that sounds like a great book I was like I know I said but just wait Don's gonna hate it you just wait for it. no oh my goodness yeah so I also gave it a four I didn't give it a five I mean for for critical reasons I did not give it a five if you're going to judge a book critically there's you know certain uh, certain areas things need to hit but yeah it was it's it was a good book. 
I enjoyed yeah. it. I enjoyed every minute of it. I was like, okay. That's why, like, I finished it in five hours because I, I, I couldn't put it down because I was enjoying it so much. Yeah. And that happened. I was howling. You were what? I was howling to the whole book. It was really funny. I was shocked at how funny it was. The writing was so funny. <laughs> so good. Because it's told through Gavin's perspective for the majority of, of the book. Um, and then you have some of Thea, his wife, you know, speaking. But I really enjoyed the whole, like, bro camaraderie and, like, what happens behind closed doors and how they're, like, the the certain stereotypes that we have for, for men and how they communicate with their women is what this woman <laughs> writes in this book. And it's like, oh, if you read a book that's written by a female, you will learn how the female wants their males to respond to you. Like, <laughs> so they have that, that big dawning moment. And I was like, that's genius. That is genius that they started a bromance book club to yeah. figure out how to communicate with their, their wives or their girlfriends accordingly. Like, like how they, so, so that way they're not, you know, questioning Am I doing this right? Did I say the right thing? Like, I don't know. It was mm-hmm. a different take on something that we we have haven't read. Like, I've never read anything like this, and so that no made it exciting for me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I had a few a few dislikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do too. If you wanna to critically pull something apart, but um. I think for me, the the one thing I had an issue with is that I had a hard time reading Thea's POV because I had issues with Thea because Thea is a damaged character, right? You know, she, she's coming from um, bad home relationships and then there are certain things that are like flowing into her marriage and she's connecting them negatively, which therefore is causing her to negatively uh, explode on Gavin saying like, oh, um, I don't want to be with you anymore. Right. You know, and so it's, mm-hmm. she's got all of these um, these issues that lead up to her making some pretty rash dis- decisions. Um that yeah I think I just I think it's because I enjoyed Gavin more reading his side I think than hers so that that might be why okay well I was exact opposite I did not like Gavin and I liked Thea (laughs) yeah I I thought Gavin was a dummy I'm like and just not like in like romance but just like he just didn't seem to get it and I'm like, dude, it's really not that difficult what your friends are trying to tell you. Why do they have to literally spell it out for you? It got really annoying. Um, I, and then, like, his whole revelation of his issue came in the last act of the book, whereas Thea's was kind of spread out throughout. Mm-hmm. And his was at the very end. And I'm like, Ugh. I kind of didn't like that either. Um, it's not his fault. That's the author's fault. But I don't know. I just didn't like I just didn't really like Gavin. I liked Mac a lot better mm-hmm. than Gavin. At first I didn't, but then as the Mac character grew, I started to like him a lot more. But I liked Thea a lot because I thought that she was, um, as 
especially comparing her to Eva from Bear to You. Like, I thought her whole background, I thought the author did a really good job of, like, explaining where, you know, her childhood and why she behaves the way she does. And it wasn't, like, in your face. She wasn't shoving it down your throat. It was a lot of little bitty moments that I thought was very effective. And so I thought that because of that, the Thea character was done well. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I... I think the the main reason why I didn't like her is because I felt that she blamed Gavin for everything. Not to say that Gavin is the sharpest tool in the box. He is your average, like, guy that has just one focus. And so his main focus is on baseball. He's not focusing on all these other things. And he... He has to literally learn how, how to do that. It's kind of like when you're when you're training a dog to to sit down, he had to learn like, oh, I need to sit down because like th- this is important for me to sit down. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it I think it was because of Thea's sister Liv. I didn't like their communication at some times because Liv was very uh whiny and complainy and just kind of like like a seesaw effect all of a sudden she was on one side and then she wasn't um mm-hmm. and that that might have been where that came from where I just uh, just just like that <laughs> yeah I see that like um I know this is gonna sound a little harsh but I felt like the writing was a little trite uh, especially the conversations. Um, no one, I mean, considering that this is talking about marriage and how a marriage is ending, I didn't feel like the conversations were very deep or inspirational. It was kind of, especially the men. And I don't know if it's just because it's men learning about how to communicate with women and we're women and we already know this stuff. I don't know if it was because of that or what but I just felt like the conversations they were having were kind of surface level they weren't really digging in to much especially um Thea which I really think that her and Liv really could have gotten into their issues with their family life and they didn't get into it enough for me so yeah I I mean there were times when the writing was really funny and I thought it was a pretty good rom-com. There were certain scenes that were really funny. But as far as, like, the deep conversations, I didn't think it was... I didn't think the writing was very strong. Yeah, which I think... And I think that that was one of my other biggest, like, no-nos with the book that, you know, like, it, the writing wasn't strong enough for me to give it a five because there were certain things that could have gone deeper. However, it was, it's like night and day compared to us reading Baird to you. And like, you know, all of a sudden they're having these issues and you're like, where, where, where did they come from? You know, they, I think that Adams did enough to kind of give us a glimpse as to what the issue is actually, um, what issue is actually going on in the book. But I didn't like the fact that we received Gavin's revelation as to what he had to change about himself until, like, way at the end. Yeah. You know, like, that was kind of like, okay, how come we're not discussing this, like, as he's in, like, book club? Like, that's what they're supposed to kind of just be 
open and honest with each other. You know, when you and I have book club, um, with our friends, like it's, you get really, really deep and in, into stuff there. And I feel like they went really deep into just the book and there wasn't a deepness within like Gavin's own personal struggles where, where he, uh, you know, is drawing all his information from. So, yeah. Um, that's a really good, that's a really good point. I think like through most of the book, um, and it's, this is in the summary. So he, she was faking it in bed and he was too embarrassed to tell his friends that, which I understand that. But at the same time, you know, this is, this is a book club, like you said, and this is the time for them to share and they didn't really share. And maybe it's going to come later in the books, but and, you know, maybe maybe we're women and we're just like, oh, just share. It's easy. But for men, it's harder. And we can't just expect them to just be like all of a sudden start sharing. And he was new to the group um, and the other guys have been there longer. So maybe it's that. But that, like you said, that would have been a great opportunity to have these really deep conversations. And once again, she's a woman. Maybe she doesn't know how to write men talking to each other. That also could be a limitation on her part. Um, but still, that was still an opportunity for her to really dig deep into conversations. And she didn't really take it in their book club, which was missed. It was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Which, which, which kind of sucked. Cause I was like waiting for that moment where, when he was going to like talk to Dell and Mac, like, Hey, like this is like really weighing on my pride and I don't know how to handle it. Like I want my wife back, you know, but this particular issue is having all of these other, you know, cascading of problems coming in. Um, cause he's having to figure all that out. Um, that, that was my other biggest pet peeve is that, um, there, uh, this book parallels with the book that they're reading in the bromance book club. And I thought that some of the chapters that they had of Courting the Darkness, which is the book that they're critiquing for their book club, um, I thought that they were unnecessary at moments. Like, I think I would have preferred more of, like, uh, little small passages from the book versus us having, like, a full chapter multiple Mm -hmm. times. Because I was like, oh, I don't... I don't really care about like the Duke and the Countess. Like I really want to focus on like Thea and, and, and Gavin. Like I understand where he's, where he's drawing his, uh, you know, his thoughts from his ideas from like, Oh, maybe I should try this method. Hmm. You know, which he does, but if, I, I think that, that was unnecessary there, and maybe that's where she could have put Gavin's um, slow, steady, like revelation about like what he needs to work on with himself. Because um, yeah. I felt it was very one-sided for Thea, like that Thea had all of these issues, and Gavin's were not discovered until late. And I feel like there was a little bit more going on there versus just you know what mm-hmm. was did. So yeah. I agree. I put that the whole courting the counters or whatever it's called. I liked the idea behind it. I liked reading what they were reading and kind of seeing where his head is at at the moment, depending on where he was in the book. But I didn't like the story. 
Mm-hmm. It was like I like you said, I don't care about the countess. That story it read like that book, that first romance book we read, just bad. I'm like, oh no, I don't like this. So it really brought the book down a lot for me. At least I knew what ton was this time. I know. I was because <laughs> we were just in this era. It was awesome. I was like, that's the town. The ton is the town. Well, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have known what that word was. I would have had to look it up. Like if we were reading this for the first time, I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. I was too lazy to look it up the first time, so. Oh, man. (laughs) Do you have any more on your list for dislikes? Um, There was a scene in the book that I thought I didn't quite understand the whole point of it. And it was the whole naked part where she's just like, oh, you're going to be naked in front of me. I'm going to be naked in front of you. And it was right at the beginning of their issues. And I'm like... What was the point of that? Was it supposed to be cheeky and cute? I didn't. It seemed to be like a light moment, but it wasn't a good place for it. Maybe towards the end. I I didn't like that scene at all. That whole thing could have just been taken out. Yeah, I thought that. I thought it was interesting because it, it like they both have set, you know, their 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 boundaries for trying to make things work, right? You know, they have this limited amount of time that, you know, Gavin has to, like, regain her trust, and if he doesn't, he has to leave officially. Um, You know, and the whole time his bros are telling, like, telling him, like, hey, dude, like, you can't kiss her. You shouldn't have sex with her. Like, all these things you need to learn how to recourt your wife to regain her trust and to continue to court her, even though you've gained her trust, like throughout this whole process. Right. And so with them being naked together, I was like, I feel like we're uh, riding the fence here where this could get very sticky very quickly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I didn't think that it did anything for the characters, other than uh, confuse and sexually frustrate them both. Because that, yeah. now, it's, to me, it was like a battle of the, of the wills, which I thought was kind of cute for a little bit. Because, like, my husband and I do, like, battle of the wills, like, similar things like that. And it's like, I can I could understand the scene itself. But with the premise of the book and where they were at, I don't think yeah. that was healthy choice <laughs> no I, it, it almost seemed like it would have been good if they were like you said um you and your husband have these battle of the wills where it's like well who can hold out more and then I'm going to entice you but that's in a, a healthy relationship where you're having fun and this was not so it just was out of place and it totally took you out of the story I didn't like it I didn't like it at all yeah um, and I think that the last part, like I had like one more small little dislike, um, and that's just you know the book is definitely cheesy. It is it is a cheese ball, a cheese ball book, but it's a good cheese. I like a good cheese, and mm-hmm. I like cheese that I haven't read before. Not something that I could literally be like, oh well, you know, then he's gonna do this, and then she's gonna do that, and then the story's gonna end, and they're all gonna have it after. There you go. <laughs> Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to know the whole 
drawn out map of the story before I read it type of cheese. I want to know that the characters are going to end up together. It's the journey that I look forward to. So yeah, it is cheesy, but it's not like, it's not a, a super deter. Cause like I thought for you, you weren't going to like it because you'd be like, this is hella cheese, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> I like rom-coms. I love rom-coms. So this was fine. I had no, I have no problem with cheese okay. in rom-coms. So this is fine. But well done cheese. <laughs> yeah. It was well done cheese. Well done cheese. Yeah. So I think that that's. Um, I only had a couple of nitpicks. Okay. Um, well, nitpick. Yeah, just one nitpick was um, the author assumes that all women read romance novels. At some point, the guys are like, oh, yeah, everyone reads, all women read romance novels. And I'm like, um, no, they don't. Mm-hmm. Your wife I didn't like that. I'm like, what? <laughs> How do you know that your wife has a book like that on her tablet? Yeah, no, not all women don't read romance novels. And um, I there were it seemed like the author was trying to be funny at some points and it just didn't land like. um, So there was he kept giving the Duke of the story. Gavin kept giving the Duke like Lord, Lord Hot Pants and like these names. And I'm like, it's so (laughs) stupid. Please stop that. And then, like, it was little bitty stuff, like, um, the little girls, they ate too much at Thanksgiving, and he was calling it puke apocalypse. I'm like, that's really dumb. But then, but there were some, like, moments, like I said, where I was howling. Like, I haven't laughed this hard in a book in a really long time. And, but then there was these little stupid moments, and I'm like, girl, you need to get your humor together, because... This is dry. Yeah, yeah, it was really bad. It's like she was trying too hard to be funny. So, yeah, but that's a nitpick. It didn't make or break the book, but it was a nitpick. Mm -hmm. Those are all my dislikes. Okay. Um, So for the things that I really loved about this book. So this is a great book to go away for the weekend or a great Friday night read, depending upon how quickly one reads a book. If you want, in my opinion, a good solid book that's going to make you feel good um, and give you a nice, good belly laugh, like this is definitely a a book that I would recommend to someone who needs a a nice, quick read. Yeah. And it's a book, by the way. It's not um, a YA book. It's not a YA romance. Yeah, it's adult. It's refreshing. Yeah, it's kind of like if you like those um, Hallmark movies, which I personally don't, but if that's your jam, if that's your speed, then this is perfect. This is like a Hallmark movie in a book for you. Yep. I could see this being one of their books, one of their movies, Might be a if they ever adapt. They have to. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. But they'll it's just take that out. The Hallmark book, okay? <laughs> yeah. They'll take the sexy stuff out. <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> Speaking of, so we have been reading, um, did we only read one erotica? We only read one, right? Or did we read two? I'm so confused. We read two? <laughs> that first one. Whew. Was that the the, the historical fiction one? Yes. Yeah. 
No. Did you call it Breaking Dawn? <laughs> no, it's that's Twilight. <laughs> we're just talking about Twilight now. I know. Oh, goodness. Wicked Dawn. Wicked Dawn. Wicked Dawn. Yeah. Yeah, so we read two. And I have to say that, um, like I said, I, I don't like romance. And I don't read erotica, but we've been, you know, trying to do new genres. But I will say I did prefer this better of having a romance book and then having some sexy times in it. Mm-hmm. I like that way better than just straight erotica so maybe if i'm looking for something like that then i need to go this route Mm -hmm. and not do straight erotica well yeah and i think because there's so many um books out there that the romance novels are not they're not what you were hoping for like they don't make that last final step and i think that that's what i miss from a romance novel so it's like when you when we ventured into the erotica realm it was like okay that's like too much in my face like I don't want to read that every four pages um Mm -hmm. but it's like I want them to get together in this book like I want to to read about that you know if you want to compare it to a YA novel it's like with Belle and Edward when they finally get married you're like yes I want to read about this because I've been fighting for these characters for so long to get together. Um, so, and I thought that she did a good job about that because I didn't, I didn't hate it. But like I, I was, I was so excited for them. And yeah. Way, but I was, <laughs> I was excited for these characters. Yeah. Well, yeah, I like that. Um, that so I like how she has a series set up where it's we are following Gavin and Thea in this book and their story is wrapped up and in the next book it's two different couples and in the next book it's two different couples so each story is wrapped up and there's no cliffhanger I really do like that format so because of that I will actually I already started book two <laughs> because <laughs> <to read> <laughs> I, I started I started because um, I like Mac. Live, whatever. But I like Max. So I kind of wanted to read his story. And also, um, it was an audiobook, and I did something to listen to at work. So oh. I'm, I'm like halfway through it now. <laughs> but yeah, I, so I, I have to get it this weekend. Yeah. I'll just read through it real fast before we get to Midnight Sun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think yeah, that's I did like a that. higher rating than this one. But you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm liking this first book better than the okay. second one. Um I actually didn't I I'm indifferent about Liv. I and we'll talk more about Liv in the spoiler edition, but I'm indifferent about her. However, I do not like her in book 2. Like it's too much of her. In this book it was just enough of her attitude, but in the second book it's all about her and her attitude and I'm just like, oh, I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> I don't like it. So Gavin or um Mac is fine. I like Mac a lot. He's great in the second book too. But it's just this Liv is yikes. She's bringing it down a little bit. I'm so sorry for your loss. That doesn't give me much hope though because I was super excited to read it. Maybe it'll get better though. Halfway. It'll be it'll yeah. Be it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I think I don't know because I think we summed up a lot of like, like our loves. I I liked the idea. Of the fact that I have never read a book like this before. I liked the whole idea of the secret bromance book club. 
and how like you don't tell your wife that you're reading the books like you're just gonna swoon her and court her and all this other stuff like this is our secret like we're these big league guys that don't need people knowing that we're reading romance novels to help us in our marriages because we can't you know do it without their help um but i yeah i really liked the fact that his teammates uh came around him in his time of need that they didn't just let him flounder which i feel like could happen in in the real world like that's Mm -hmm. a thing that happens because like for men you know they're from what i know this is and I don't know a whole lot, but their uh, their failures are not something that they want to be broadcasted. They do they deal with them internally and by themselves, um, unless they have a a friend who they are able to uh, truly be open and honest with them, and it's um, being done back to them. So, so they're able to have this open and honest relationship with each other, where they can be totally open and be like the dude, this is what's going on, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I liked it. Yeah. 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 We can't really say too much without, I mean, it's not like this book has huge spoilers, but we don't want to ruin your, your fence. Yeah. The good stuff moments. that you can just, yeah. Yeah. So we're really not going to get into it. Just very vaguely, I liked how the author gave reasons for Thea's behavior and Liv's behavior. Um, I thought that was done well. Um, like you said, the, the, it's called Bromance Book Club, and I I did like the friendship between the guys. And, I mean, they even, like, ribbed each other a lot, but, you know, that was – it was fine. It was good ribbing. The ending was good. It was a good – a good rom-com ending. If you like rom-coms, it's a good rom-com ending. And it, end- um, it ended, okay? And like, it ended. It ended. <laughs> yes. All right. I don't have anything else to say spoiler-free. Nope. All right. Well, if you are leaving us for the spoiler edition, you don't want to stay for that. The next book we are reading is Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer and this is going to be our first read along with the universe with Ashley um read along with the universe basically means that we're going to break up the book in chunks and then we'll discuss it in chunks and you can read along with us so August 9th we are going to be reading the first 200 pages ish we don't have the book in front of us so we don't know the chapter ending so whatever chapter ends around page 200 is where we're going to stop so if you want to read along with us read up to page 200 or more and then tune in on the 9th or the 10th is usually going to upload upload on monday and read along with us all right are we ready for the spoiler edition i'm ready <laughs> all right so we're starting the spoiler edition of bromance book club by lisa k adams in five four three two one All right, I got my first thing to say. Okay. Okay, I am sorry, but how do you go three years faking it? Faking the big O. Like, I don't, I don't understand how that was never brought up. 
um, in their communication. I think that maybe it's because their communication was broken because they were rushed into their whole entire marriage together. You know, they had like their like shotgun wedding and all this other stuff. And then he's off all the time doing baseball stuff. So maybe it's because they never really had that time to have that communication. But I mean, that's just not fair. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I got. I think when he was there, he wasn't really there. Mm -hmm. And I think that Thea doesn't know how to communicate with men because she hasn't learned how to through her father. Um, They're young women. I think they're like 26 or so, 27. So when she got married, she might have been 23. So, you know, I just don't think she knows how. No one taught her how. She didn't have a mom. She, her mom was, she had a mom, but her mom was absent, basically. She wasn't involved in her life at all. And she has a younger sister, and that's it. So, yeah. Yeah. But it, it did, maybe she thought that's what it was supposed to be. Who knows? No, no, why no. She, well, I guess we're supposed to know why, because that's the whole point of the book. <laughs> because she had talked about how she would have to finish herself. True. Okay, no, no. She knows what it feels like. She. <laughs> true. That's true. So... And I, I, that, that for me was like, I, as a married woman, I don't know how you would not talk to your husband about that. You know, like that's something that that's really important unless he was never around long enough to have those conversations. And she was just like, Oh, we got to get it in because you're going to leave like the next day type. Of yeah. Thing. I just, I don't know. Like, Well, she was even still teaching him where to touch her Mm -hmm. at one point. And I'm like, I mean, I guess I don't know if it's just our our um, how we stereotype jocks and how they have a lot of ladies and, you know, they're virile or whatever. But Mm -hmm. if she's still teaching you what what to touch, that's that's not good either, guy. Like, not that it's his fault. I don't know. But. Yeah, I'm just trying to do talks in the locker room. Like, I feel like the locker room talk never happened. Ever. Maybe that's not what they're talking about. <laughs> We're not. I don't, and I don't mean, I mean, I don't mean like that. I mean, like, specifically, <laughs> not what they're talking about. That's it might be just general <laughs> stuff. Okay. Yeah, that was my first, like, reaction to this book was like, how? Does that happen? I can understand for a period of time, but three years yeah. is a long time. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what I liked um, about, because, okay, so I'm not going to lie. The first quarter of the book, I was like, oh, my God, this book is terrible. <laughs> it was probably at about a three, and mm-hmm. it was steadily going down, and But then I had to kind of change my thought process of the book. So when when you were thinking, how come it's been three years that she hasn't had it and she hasn't said anything to him? My whole thought was, you're going to end a three-year marriage over that. He's not beating you. He's not a drunk. He's not cheating on you. It's just a miscommunication. What is your problem? And then as I kept reading, I was like, okay, well, first of all, um, 
just because um, not all marriages end because of infidelity or abuse. Like they do end in miscommunication and those marriages deserve a voice too. It can't all be this huge grand problem. There are other marriages that end and they should be highlighted too. So um, it's not fair to be like, this isn't a good enough book because he's not cheating on you. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. And um, um, where was I going with that? <laughs> I was nitpicking about all the little stuff. Um, I think it's because as the book progresses, we do learn a little bit more about Thea and how she, why she behaves the way she does. And I like the whole part about when she was featured in that Southern magazine and they called her wholesomely pastel. And she's like, basically she's not just faking it in the bedroom. She's her whole marriage has been faking it. This is not who she is. Um, she's being one of the wags and that's not how she is. That's not how she behaves. And so she's her whole life. She's been faking it her whole life, even from a young child and trying to build this perfect marriage and perfect mommy and trying to help raise her sister. And she's been faking it her whole life. And she's not going to school when she really wants to, she's not doing her art career. Like, so I thought after all of that came out, then I was like, Oh, okay. I, I, I get it now. And I liked how the author kind of weaved in the faking it in the bed with the faking it with your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess that, that, I mean, it, it, cause I was also under that same impression that you just described. I was like, okay, like that's the dumbest reason to divorce your husband. I'm sorry. Like, are you joking? He's a great dad to your girls. He is always home. He's not cheating on you with someone else. Like, your, 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 your life could be worse is what I felt. Um, and so then when I, when we found out more as to like, you know, the fact that she never finished her, her degree, the fact that, you know, this happened with her family and like that she was this Southern girl that was just thrown into something that she really just did not want to be a part of. Like she is not like the other women that that's not their goal in life is to marry a, you know, a major league uh, baseball player, they just want to continue to have their life for themselves. They're not, they're not looking for the support of their man's career to guide them through this life. Um, and I, I liked that about Thea, that she was a spicy little lady underneath and Mm -hmm. she didn't let her true color show. And it's like, but that's what he fell in love with to start with, you know, so the fact that she just slowly but surely turned that off, no wonder he was like, he, he didn't realize that that spunk had died is because yeah. she just decided to fake it until she made it basically. Um, and I loved the revelations that she had within herself in this story. You know, like when they're going over to Dell's house for, uh, for Thanksgiving dinner and she's like, I am not dressing up. I don't want to. No one said we have to. I don't care anymore. I put on leggings and a sweatshirt. I don't care. I'm going to be comfortable. And I was like, yes, like that's what you should be doing. You shouldn't be having this uh, like fake lifestyle that you're not even wanting to be a part of. Like she wasn't choosing to be fake for the sake of being fake. She was doing it so she could hide herself and all of her other insecurities. So no one else could actually see what was going on in her heart and in her life. And it's like, okay, but there are some women out there that are more than okay 
dressing up to the nines and just talking about baseball and their husband's successes and like how good he is versus how good your husband is or whatever. Um, so I, yeah, I felt like she, she grew a lot in this. Yeah, book. she did. She grow. I like that. Um, speaking about that. So one thing I did like about it is when she went to that Thanksgiving dinner and she was like, I'm going to wear my leggings and my sweatpants and other wags were going to be there in particular, the main wag, um, mm-hmm. wives and girlfriends. Um, I like that we didn't have to witness her growth there at this point in the story. She is over it. She's like, I'm over this marriage. I'm over these women. I'm going to tell them whatever I want to. And I don't care. And she did. And we didn't have to watch her take the abuse from them and feel bad about herself. And, and just that inevitable growth that we all know is going to happen. I am. Oh God, I was so thankful that right at the beginning of that Thanksgiving dinner, she just like put that woman in her place and she kept doing it. And she was like, I don't care anymore. Um, I mean, that's a small thing, but um, I did appreciate that. <laughs> well, yeah, because it made you want to read the story more because you're like, I haven't read this before. She's finally taking charge and I'm not having to listen to them berate her like over and over and continue to mm-hmm. drag her through the mud even more. Um, I, I'm like, yeah, girl, but, like you said you want to change the way that you're living. Do it. Like, and she and she did like she was like I'm I'm not gonna wear this mask anymore I don't want to even be a part of this whole wag system anyway like you guys don't know me I don't I it, if I can't be myself around you then I don't want to be a part of it so yeah yeah I loved that she stood up to the main way oh my gosh I was dying through that whole entire scene <laughs> which one um when she stands up to the main wag the first time I was like okay. oh <laughs> oh girl's got some thoughts to her mm-hmm. yeah. and then when she does it again where she finally like grows enough in her own self esteem and is like I'm not taking this anymore because now you know the main wag dissed her husband when her husband was better than the main wag's husband yeah. And she was like, you can sit there and drag my name from the mud if you want, but you will not be talking about my husband. <laughs> I was like, oh, girl, get it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That came early in the book and that was well appreciated. But see, and he didn't. I liked the fact that he didn't save her from that. Gavin did not save Thea from Thea learning how to grow in that moment. Like, Gavin wasn't the knight in shining armor that like stood in between them. He let her fight her own battles. And I appreciated that because it's like, but it's so many times the guy comes in, the guy saves the girl, you know, he always stands up for her and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, how come these girls don't have backbones? Like, I don't understand that. Like, Yeah. You know, and so I, agree. I that. I did. Um, my other thing I want to talk about, <laughs> the book, the book. Okay. So when Gavin gets, uh, brought into the group, okay. And they get to, um, their first part of a sensual scene. Okay. Um, and the guy rate the books and they call, they call, they call the, the scenes in the books. They're book boner meters. (laughs) 
And so when it's a really good scene, they rate it <laughs> saying, oh, it was a seven book boner meter or whatever. <laughs> and I I loved that. It was so funny because it was very original. <laughs> You didn't appreciate that part. No, but I I, I appreciate that you appreciated it. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Because <laughs> oh, they were dead serious. It wasn't a joke either. They were yeah. dead serious. <laughs> what was the um, Just scared. Continuing with Thea, because I was reading Goodreads and a lot of people had the same like reaction to Thea, but... I mean, I think Thea, I think Adams laid Thea out pretty well, um, especially why she wanted to end her marriage. Like you said, why would you end a three-year marriage when it's not, it could be a lot worse. And I think what the author did was kind of, especially her, her, her childhood, and she watched her father lie to her mother, and she watched what it did to her mother. And how she became depressed and locked her door and shut the girls out and they had to feed themselves and take care of themselves and everything. And I think she was comparing Gavin to her father. And so instead of going through what her mother did, she was just like, I'm done. I'm just going to leave. I'm done. And that was her way of dealing with it. So I think it made I think her reaction made sense. Um, it was a little overdramatic, but, you know, it has to kind of be for the sake of the book. But um, I thought her her reactions were valid based on the background we were given about her. Um, she also didn't really have anybody to give her advice either. Like her mother, she doesn't talk to her mother. She doesn't talk to her father. Her sister grew up with her in the same house. So they kind of have the same reaction to stuff. And her sister was giving her awful advice. So she and the wags aren't going to help her because she doesn't like them. So she really didn't have anybody to she didn't have a bromance book club or a sister book club. She was kind of off on her own, trying to deal with it on her own. And that's how, that's the only thing she knew was to just cut him off. So, um, I didn't hate that part. It, I, it made sense. Her behavior made sense. And I think Liv's behavior made sense. But like I said, we only got Liv in small doses. Um, so, she um she at one point Liv says in the book that her Athea and Gavin were her OTP and I think that she was like yes there's finally a good man out there my sister has found him I'm gonna find a man like that and then when they separated she just like lost all hope for men and that was her reaction was to just don't hurt my sister she's not gonna end up like my mom her daughters are not gonna end up like me and Thea and and at one point um, it's on page 248, which I thought was a really good line. I think they're at the restaurant with Alexis. And Alexis says, you need permission from your sister to have sex with your husband. And I think at that point, Thea was like, wait a minute. Why am I letting my sister tell me how to live my life? So I thought that was a really good line where she kind of like snapped out of it and was like, no, I need to like listen to myself. I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying you know, the rekindling with my husband and I'm not going to let Liv derail that because she's jealous or upset or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that that their, their whole system as sisters was, was very much so the big sister, little sister camaraderie that happens like in a bunch of homes, you know, when they're 
when there is a crisis within the home and the family dynamic is now shooken up, what happens is the the children kind of band together and they have like this secret code with each other where it's like, okay, we can talk and bash all we want, but you cannot hurt my sister at, at, at all or my brother. Like that is where I draw the line. If you hurt them in any way, shape or form that is comparing to how we've been hurt before you're dead to us and you're mm-hmm. no invited in so her um you know when Liv freaks out and is like you've you've uh your guys's relationship has caused me to have hope and now that it's broken I don't have that anymore I think it's a valid statement and that's what happens because you know what she had hoped to someday find might not happen because now she's seen that it can also get broken even in the best circumstances and so yeah. her expectations for a relationship are kind of just like, you know, the, the, the bar was up way up here and now it's shot back down again. And now she's going to compare their relationship to everything that else has happened in their life. And so when Thea is trying to, you know, have a heart to heart with Liv, like, listen, like we are working through things and like, we, we still love each other and we want to fight for each other. And Liv's like, I'm not having it. Like, I, I don't think that that's a good idea. So Liv doesn't know how to properly support her sister because she has not seen, um, reconciliation in, in an appropriate way. So therefore she doesn't know how to hope for the fact that they could reconcile and change and have something good. Yeah. So. I agree. Um, awesome. Um, there's one moment at the end, like, while we're still kind of talking about the serious stuff in the book before we get into, like, the lighter stuff. Uh-huh. Um, there's one moment in the book, it's at the end, where Thea goes to see her, her father's new wedding. I think it's his fourth wife. And, Yeah. And she gets into the car with her father and they're on the way to the wedding. And she says, um, she's talking about her father. She says he never, she, she never crawled into his lap for comfort, never made pancakes with him. He was a stranger, like a distant uncle who saw you every five years at the family reunion. And whose only point of conversation was to say over and over again, how tall you've gotten. I thought that was a really great moment. And it kind of summed up her relationship with her father, even though it came at the very end. It would have been nice if that came a little bit earlier, but I I thought that was pretty well put. Um, just the uncle who just says, "Wow, how you you've grown." It, that really sums up what a relationship she had with her father. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked how it ended. She she didn't forgive him necessarily, but she just kind of let it go. She's like, "Okay, I need to just he is how he is, and I need to just let it go. And I need to live my own life." And so I thought the resolution at the end of the book was was done well I also like that um at the end it was Gavin who was doing most of the work and she wasn't being honest with him at all and at the end he was like look it's your turn I've done everything I've done I've done it all and you're not giving me anything you're not telling me anything and he leaves and leaves it up to her so I really didn't like that he left up to her and her way of getting over is to go see her father and talk to her father and kind of and she you know apologize and everything so I, I did, I, the, the ending was pretty solid. I really did. I really did like the ending. Well, yeah, because I mean, Thea is able to come to, you know, this big giant conclusion that like, 
Gavin is not her father and he will never be her father, you know, and she goes through all those moments where she missed having that father figure in her life. And she's reflecting on the fact that like Gavin does not treat their daughters that way at all, because there's a bunch of, uh, little scenes where Gavin is, um, just being what you would describe as, as a dad who loves his, his children, who's wanting to do anything for them. And she is having such a power struggle in her mind with like, does he really mean that? Is he really there for them? Is he really loving them? Um, and he proves her wrong every single time. Like he's not doing it to gain anything from the girls other than to be their dad and to allow him to, or to let them allow him to love him or to love them. Um, even when you could tell that with the, the daughters, um, I think it was Ava. Was it? Yeah. Ava. So Ava and Amelia, Ava was having a really hard time with Gavin not being there. And she was kind of clinging to Thea more. And Gavin didn't like scoff about that. Like he didn't say like, Oh, it hurts my feelings that she only wants you and all that. He, he let it go because he's for some reason understood that like she will warm up to me when she's ready again. You know, she's, she's comforting mom because Ava is, is Thea. Like that's exactly yeah. what's happening there. And he, sees that dynamic and just takes charge of like, okay, well, Amelia wants me. So I'm just going to take Amelia. You can take Ava. And that's that, that's what you do in a parenting situation. You, you let the kid leave. So they, so they don't feel as though their paths are being chosen for them at every moment of every single time. Um, and so the fact that at the end, when Gavin does leave her, I was like, yes, you know, but <laughs> that was the, that was the whole line that Adele was telling him, like, you are going to do what she wants you to do, which she originally wanted him to leave. She, she, she wanted Gavin to leave and not come back. So he packs the bag for, you know, his trip and, and he leaves, but he blatantly says to her, I have, you know, I have worked for you. I have done everything that you've asked of me. There is nothing more I can do at this point because you need to make this the choice to step towards me now. I've done all I can to come meet you where you are and you are not meeting me in the same spot Mm -hmm. type of a thing. And like that, that, that was beautiful because it, and it wasn't, um, where you're like, oh, see, he didn't have to leave her. She just decided to love him and, and <laughs> it's going to be okay. Like, no, they, that, that was great writing right there. You know, and then she has the whole entire revelation about her, how her dad is the exact opposite of Gavin, but she's, she's saying all of these, these things in her head. And so she's, she's coming to terms with them. So her stating them. It's helping her work through those issues and the fact that she may never love her dad the same way that her girls are going to love Gavin. And she's okay yeah. with that because she realized that like he is in his own life right now. And that sucks that he was not in mine, but I have come to terms that he will probably never be in mine and to be okay with it. Yeah. So 
this book got deep in some areas. Like it's very, yeah, it really did. It's, it's a very light read, but I feel like the actual struggles in their relationship, like those are, those are real marital struggles that happen a lot and frequently in any sort of marital relationship, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it's like, those are issues that unfortunately people divorce about. They do. Yeah. So I, her, you know, faking the big, Oh, well that was just her icing on the cake. That wasn't the real issue. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Um, well that's all the heavy stuff I had. And then there was some lighter stuff. So your whole um, boner meter, boner meter, you had that moment. My funny chapter was when the guys were meeting at Gavin's house and they had all watched The Little Mermaid and the girls had dressed them up. <laughs> and the Russian like blew up the bathroom and Liv goes downstairs. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. And Lord Liv was just like, oh my God. Like, it's oh, really stupid, but it was funny. Did you eat the last of my pizza? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so funny because when I think about like uh, some of my guy friends who have their their children, they hang out with my husband. Like that is not an uncommon thing or theme to happen throughout the evening. You find them in these weird situations that you just kind of just turn your face and just act like you don't see what's happening. Because <laughs> they're all dressed up. They're all dressed up. As yeah. Watching the little mermaid, you know, like some dude blowing up the bathroom. That's normal. And that's funny. It was, but it wasn't, it wasn't cheesy. Like, because it's like, oh, yeah, that's the thing that that would happen. You know, if we all yeah. are out at night and, like, one guy goes in there and he's, it's always someone. And, unfortunately, <laughs> they light it up and there's nothing you can do but scoff about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was my funny chapter. Yeah. Um, the, the sexy times. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the sexy times? liked them I really did I like the fact that um so Gavin had you know I'm sorry Thea had her terms as to like how Gavin was going to be able to commingle in their their home even while they're on this trial basis um and the fact that Gavin responds to her and uh no honey I don't like that you're gonna kiss me every night and we're going to sit down and read this book together that we started when we were dating before the girls came along to help us grow closer together. And she fights him at every single turn. And it turns out that those moments where they are uh, forced into that situation, you know, it's it's like the girls are down. We're going to read our next chapter in, the, in our book here. Those were the moments where I think... Thea was actually experiencing like like her husband actually wanting to work on this relationship. And so when the sexy times happen and he like kisses her for like the first time really good. And then he walks away. I was like, Oh heck no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. You know, but it's, 
like, I liked the fact that it wasn't just like jump your guns type of a thing, mm-hmm. you know, and that they didn't go all the way that one time while they're out on the porch reading or whatever. Like they kind of got a hold of themselves and were like, Oh wait, no, no, we're not supposed to be doing this right now. Maybe it's too soon. Maybe we don't know what we really want. And we're just letting our emotions get the better of us. Yeah. So I don't, and I did, I, I didn't feel that it was uh, degrading towards women. I will say that. Um, because I know that some erotica that we have read is like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. How did you let that happen? I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> How did you let that happen? <sighs> there were a couple of funny, well, only because of past books. Yeah. Um, the curls made a ca- comeback. I know. <laughs> <sighs> Was like, just one what? time. Just one time. What? What no. was enough? Them dang curls are coming back. <laughs> uh, and uh, Cleft came back one time. One time. One time. Uh-huh. And then there was a nub thrown in there. I was like, <laughs> what the heck is that? What's a nub? <laughs> If you guys missed in our last podcast, we tried to figure out other words that we could substitute. Um, yeah, I, we missed nub. We missed nub. What's <laughs> oh, funny? How did you feel about the sex scenes? Um, like I said, I liked it when it was surrounding a couple that had a relationship already because it didn't feel rushed. Um, even when there, there was a moment where I think it was after she celebrated with Alexis and Liv, I can't remember the moment, but it was when he was reading in his book, the sexy time in his book and she came and jumped him. He was um, a boner. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was really funny. That was good. Um, because they're married and they have history. And even though it was clumsy and it didn't work out right, it was because they had already been in this, they're already in an established relationship and you're not rolling your eyes. And it's not like, Oh, she just met him last week or, you know? Um, so I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was well done. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't too much. Like you said, it wasn't every other chapter. It was only a couple times. So, yeah. But it was, yeah, I know. I, I felt that the story had had a good plot. I feel like we were able to achieve what I had hoped would happen in the book. I wasn't left wishing for uh, more information on some things. Um there were some parts where, you know, like, like we talked about the whole Thanksgiving, like puke apocalypse thing happening where like the girls randomly get sick. And then it wasn't talked about as to why they got sick other than it could I, be talked up for him. just eating a bunch of sugar. Yeah. Which it, that, that was the reason. Um, but that moment I thought was a real good bonding time in and of itself because like they're now parenting in a crisis moment again, with this new established, let like, how we're going to talk to each other and how we're going to work around each other. Um, and 
even though I was like, why do we have to have these girls like throwing up? It made sense to the story. Like I didn't feel like there was just unnecessary information or part. <laughs> oh, time. I don't like vomit. I don't like it. I don't like, I don't like it in a movie. I don't like it in a book. I don't like it on a train. I don't like it in the rain. <laughs> All right. Green eggs and ham. <laughs> you you know no green vomit on the floor <laughs> no <sighs> um one other funny moment i have to say is the whole washi tape thing it's stupid but it was funny because a week prior i was at michael's complaining <laughs> about the low supply of washi tape <laughs> like now I don't like romance. I am not a woman. Not all women be romance. However, the washi tape, I I could relate to the washi tape situation. <laughs> but see, I loved that because okay, so he that that's in reference to their first date, right? That they take out together because that's one of yeah. their uh, um, stipulations is that they have to go out for a date once a week together. And instead of them going to this nice, fancy, hoity-toity, you know, restaurant right away, he takes her to an art supply store, okay? Gavin obviously knows what his wife is into. He's not that dense where he doesn't yeah. it. You know, and all of his all of his dude friends bashed him for it. They were like, you're taking her to an art supply store? Are you stupid? She's not going to want to get together with you. And then they send... Dell, Mac, and the Russian undercover to watch him <laughs> watch him and and her on this date. And that was the first moment where I felt like Thea was able to express her her love and romantic side because she felt that she was heard and things that were important to her. Um, yeah weren't just being pushed under the rug. That's why she hauls off and just like stands up on her toes and kisses him right away. And he's like, what? I'm not supposed to be kissing you. Cause that was one of the bros guidelines were don't kiss her unless she wants to like you, you, you don't in- instigate it. You have to let her open up to you and trust you again. Well, that whole lot, I was like, Oh, he took her for the tape. He knew that would be like if Justin took me to uh, the bookstore and got me, you know, the next famous book that was out. And I'd be like, yes, I wanted a hardback. I know, baby, you like hardback. It's fine. (laughs) I know you like hardback. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking for a moment in the book. I can't find it, but there I think it's Dell. And he's like, oh, yeah, women love washi tape. And he's like, I just saw my wife smiling, looking in the drawer and just smiling at it. I was like, I like documented it because it was really funny, but I can't find it. But yeah, I I like the washi tape moment. That was really funny. Um, I like I was saying before, I really liked Mac. At first, I was like, oh, God, here we go with this guy. But he had some really funny quips. I'm not gonna lie. I got one. <laughs> Which one? Which one? Okay, so this one made me laugh because this is like a bougie thing that like I feel like I do on the weekends. Like when you wake up early and you go and get your Starbucks or whatever coffee place that you like, he... <laughs> The first like thing that they bring Gavin is a pumpkin spice latte. And Matt, oh my God. And Matt goes, just as you ordered. And Gavin goes, you drink these too? 
And then Matt goes, don't be ashamed for liking them. The backlash of the, against the PSL is the perfect example of how toxic masculinity permeates even our society out of or Yeah, no. It permeates even the most mundane things in life. If masses of women like something in our society automatically begins to mock them. Just like romance novels, if women like them, they must be a joke, right? This is Mac. It's just so- Yeah, he did have these moments of like where he was saying like really dumb stuff and then he would have these moments of like brilliance and I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. He talks about the sex scenes. He goes, Yeah, the sex scenes are also really fucking hot. <laughs> Uh-huh. And then, um, and I like respond to the, uh, oh, it's at least a BB4. And then Gavin goes, what does that mean? He goes, it's our rating for how much sex is it's in it. What does okay. it stand for? Book boner. Boner. <laughs> so cute. Oh, I like that Gavin had a stutter. Yeah, I mean. I liked it because I didn't feel like it was too much. Because the first time it happened, no. oh, maybe it's because he's excited. And then it happened again when he gets, like, worked up. He really, like, can't focus. He has, you know, his brain to his mouth and what's coming out. Because um, I used to have a stutter growing up. So it was really cute because he, like, did not grow out of his stutter. And he was trying so hard. <laughs> so hard. Yeah, I like at the very end where was the what was the wag name Rachel? I don't know. Let's call her Rachel. Sure. And she's like, I bet he stutters in bed. And she was like, Yeah, he does, and it's great. <laughs> like, <I'm> sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and she storms out. So yeah, that was really funny. I was like, Way to go, girlfriend. That is amazing. Oh, it's so so awesome. I was trying to see if I could find another like math like quote, but I don't know if I um I got one. Like I like it when they would go to the to the diner and the waitress. I I think they kept getting the same waitress and they had like a little banter with the waitress. Um, but then there's one scene where Matt goes, <laughs> "The way I hear it, no one is touching your bacon." He was like, "Don't touch my bacon." <laughs> And at this point, Gavin hadn't told him about the faking it. And so he's like, no one's touching your bacon. I was like, oh, my God. That guy's hilarious. No one's touching your bacon. <laughs> or his apple. And he get like, got, like, super big. Oh, my God. Apple. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh. I think that's all I have for it. Yeah. That's. That's all I have. Yeah. Once again, it is over an hour. I don't know why. I told you it was going to be an hour. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for joining our hour-long banter. <laughs> we don't mean to. We really do enjoy these books. Talks. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that was a spoiler edition of Bromance Book Club. Are you still going to read book two? Oh, yeah. I kind of poo-pooed all over it a little bit. It's Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I might like it. We'll be fine. Okay. Yeah, it's a little, it's different. It's, yeah, I'm not going to say anything else. We'll wait till you finish and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, and then the next book is about Alexis and some other guy, which doesn't get introduced until book two. Because I was like, who is this other guy? Timmy or some guy? He's an okay. IT guy. So, yeah. 
So I'll probably read the third one too, because why not? Because why not? It's good. It's entertaining right now. Yeah. He's at least keeping me that close, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us for Bromance Book Club by Lisa K. Adams. And our next podcast will be August 4th. Nope. August 9th. And we're reading Midnight Sun. Um, do you have any expectations? Like, what are you, what are your expectations of this? Um, I actually started reading the, um, the first draft of it, like, oh, whole crap ton of years ago, you know, because Stephanie and I released the first 12 chapters. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is a completely different outline. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it then. So I'm curious if I'm going to have that same emotion when I um, go to read it. So is it the exact same story, but told from Edward's point of view? Mm-hmm. Or is it a different part in their life? Um, I think that there's like flashbacks, but I don't remember Okay. If if there are, but I mean, there's all those parts where Edward and the Collins disappear for multiple like days. So that's kind of things that I'm curious about because I mean, I, I don't like Bella. Okay. Bella is annoying. Um, she has all of these other issues. I was all in it for reading like Jacob and Edward. Yeah. You know, so I think I, I will enjoy it more, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. She hasn't, you know, written in a very long time, so I'll be... I know. I'm, I'm afraid it's going to be another snakes and songbirds where it's going to be really polarizing, mostly on the hate end of the spectrum. We, we didn't hate snakes and songbirds, but a lot of people did. Um, so I'm just worried that it's going to be a repeat of that. Ugh. And if it is a 700 page, I'm not going to be happy if it's 700 pages of garbage. I'm going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. You'll hear our firsthand comments while we're, you know, doing this read along because it's about to be the first time that we are very open and honest about our first reactions with it. Yeah. Uh all right. Well, let us know what you are expecting from Midnight Sun, because I'm hoping that it's good. Um, hoping it's better than the Twilight series and that she kind of fixed all those issues she had with the Native Americans. Um, people were having a lot of problems with that insensitivity. So hopefully she, you know, did something with all that. Um, thank you for joining us and we will catch you in the next podcast. Bye-bye.